Madison, Athena's CEO and your host to Athena's Blueprint for Success podcast. We are super excited to bring you this May edition brought to you by our partners at Qualcomm. And in the studio today, we actually have a couple of really fascinating examples <clears throat> of women that are soaring very high in their careers as engineers in Qualcomm, but also in a very unique capacity as the chair and the vice chair of their women's ERG. I'm so excited to have you both here in the studio. And we decided to take liberties with the podcast. And traditionally, we feature one woman in STEM talking about her trials and tribulations throughout her STEM career. But we wanted to kind of spice it up a little bit, seeing as how it's summertime. And also because I had the occasion to work with these women over the years, and they are just spectacular examples of women that are really devoted to lifting up others. And so I just want to welcome both of you. And I appreciate you coming in and taking some time to share your story. Thank you, Holly. Thank you for that wonderful welcome. Looking forward to talking to you. Thank you, Holly. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So let's start with uh, let's start with you, uh, Fatima Oz. Tell us a little bit about your career, how you got introduced to the world of engineering as a director of engineer at Qualcomm, and then talk a little bit about how you would, I guess, guide some of the other women that may be contemplating a career in engineer, but kind of looking around the room, either at the university university or in the workforce and don't see a lot of women and what might you uh what might you say to those women that are considering um following your career steps oh sure thing so um i have to start by saying that you know growing up math was actually not my favorite subject uh in fact uh as a kid uh, i recall in middle school really struggling doing additions and subtractions of these proper and improper fractions. It was very intimidating to me. I, I found those ratio fraction word problems and prime factorization methods just overwhelming. And it was very hard for me to navigate through all of it. But of course, it was my mother who pulled in my cousin, a very, very skilled mathematician and electrical engineer to help me out. So it's because of all those tutoring sessions that he worked with me, he helped me discover the joy of math and he helped me build the confidence and it really unlocked the potential in this very interesting subject, which then, believe it or not, really led to me just having math become my favorite subject. And I even ended up competing in the regional math competitions in my homeland, which is Bosnia, winning second place back in 1993. Now, uh, I ended up studying computer science and you might wonder how did that happen? So math was really the subject that I loved and I wanted to, that was gonna be my major. Uh, but back in 1995, again, back home in Bosnia, one brave American professor actually came to my country during the war, uh, interviewing students to find them scholarships. And I happened to be one of those five that were selected. And at the age of 17, I really left everything that I held dear to my uh, heart back home and came to New York City. So I crossed the Atlantic and I started studying at NYU. So that's where I, again, declared my major as math, but it was really my uh, college advisor who encouraged me to actually take a computer science class. And it was the professor at NYU who was just teaching that class with such enthusiasm. It made it, made it so much fun that 
I mean, the class was engaged, everyone was excited and just, I love the flexibility of it, the challenge and really ability to just make something come to life. And so growing up, I never considered pursuing computer science. And after taking that very first computer science class, my major changed forever and the rest is really history. So that's really my journey when it comes to um, how I ended up pursuing STEM. Wow. And there's, it, it's such a fascinating story for someone who initially wasn't um, all that jazzed about <laughs> the world of math and then to be selected out of a few women yeah. or a few other folks. And what an amazing um, lot you had. I have to tell you, listening to the influence that these um, professors and these academic um, what a huge influence they had on your entire trajectory. Um, obviously from, from Bosnia during the war and then obviously coming to the States and then here you are um, at one of the most prestigious companies in the world. I, uh, I, do you stay in connect, do you stay in contact with, with these folks? Do they even know uh, the mark? <laughs> you know, actually, unfortunately, both of them uh, passed away, but I did, I did keep in touch with, with my uh, professor at NYU and as well as the professor, of course, who came to country while everyone was fleeing the country, this brave man, uh, professor of arts, went right into the, the war-torn country and, you know, he was on a mission to find students and, and find a better future. So, unfortunately, he passed away a couple of years ago as well. What an absolute, um, what an absolute amazing story. Um, I'm sure you never take that journey for granted and never uh -huh. take your lot uh, where, where you could have been otherwise. Yes. Um, I, um, I have to ask, so I, I want to introduce um, your colleague and uh, your vice chair, uh, Sri Cressy, also a director of engineering at Qualcomm, and tell us a little bit about um, your background and how you got introduced in the field of electrical engineering. Thanks. Thank you, Holly. You know, Fatima's story always like tears me up. Um, it is just such a brave story. Um, uh, unlike Fatima, I have always loved math. I, it was probably the only homework that I would always just dedicate my time to. I was, though not an organized person in real life, math was something I was super organized about, couldn't wait to do my homework and was just on top of it. And lucky for me, my uh, parents are both uh, very uh, STEM uh, uh, oriented. My mom is uh, the first female to get a PhD from her university, from uh, a very reputable university in India, uh, a PhD in physics, uh, no less. And then my dad, you know, studied to be an engineer and um, has practiced as an engineer. So anytime I was stuck, I had my tutors at home. So um, I was just sort of, I became shameless about math. I just could... I was okay. I was happy. I was, there was nothing that was going to uh, uh, scare me about it. Um, I knew I didn't know it uh, all the time, but I was just happy to work it out. Um, and that just, you know, uh, sort of led me towards the, and of course, my dad being an engineer, um, I don't think I wanted to do any, you know, uh, straight math or applied math or anything like that. I thought engineering was a good uh, good segue into my interest and and sort of 
I think I used to go to my dad's office and really liked that he had a desk, a phone and all of those things. So I said, right, I'll get you some of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, and, you know, it, uh, it was, it was definitely a tough field and not too many. It was, a, I, I actually did an electrical engineering degree, a bachelor's uh, from Georgia Tech and a very uh, tough school, tough, uh, uh, you know, uh, to be one of, again, very few women uh, in the double E field, uh, pushed through, landed my job at Qualcomm several years ago. And really, you know, um, I mean, I think you said, what, what is something that I would, you know, impart to the next, you know, to people who might be interested in, in this field is, you know, to, to, go with it to go with your gut like if if you know you if you're going to pick it uh if you like it and you pick it then just trust that you are good at it and and just uh you know have that confidence and yes it's not going to be easy uh nothing is and you know i mean people get excited to get into some xyz college but then it's tough once you're in the same way people are excited to get a job but it's tough when you get in. And every few years, there's always a challenge or two. And that is how we learn and grow and develop the skill that we need to just stick with it, be courageous with it. I mean, I know I joined as an engineer. I know I did the career as an engineer, but it took me about 15 years in my career to come to the realization that this is what I wanted to do. which sounds really odd because ever since I became an engineer for like about the first 15 years of my career, I thought I came into the wrong place and, you know, at the wrong time. And, you know, I just cannot believe it took me that long, better late than never. Sure. But, uh, you know, um, I did get the realization. And when I got the realization that, oh my gosh, this is what I want to be doing. I really, truly, truly, you know, like it. Uh, I just rose like consistently, like every few years, I just started getting those promos. It was nothing I was trying for necessarily or, or aiming for. It is just that shift that I did. I said, right, this is what I want. This is what I want to be doing. I am where I want to be. And as soon as I said that in my head, every few years I just boom 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 so yeah then you know 10 years after that I was like oh I just needed to believe in myself (laughs) and trust it trust myself and yeah exactly boy did I uh, you know uh, feel silly but it's okay better late than never is uh, still a very very good story but if if uh, if if people are good in science if people are good in math then, then you're just good, man. You're just, you know, you're, you're, you're good to go. You know, you, it's, it's your journey. This is, uh, you know, you have to do your best. You have to do, this is about your personal uh, record. It's not about anybody else or a comparison. It's people do it their way. You do it our way. Yeah, please. What I, what, no, I was just going to say what I love about your, your candor and your confession if I may, is, is that you get in, okay, this is fun. This seems natural. This is instinctive for me. This is actually bringing out my natural talents. Let me see if within those talents, this environment is conducive 
for that? Am I going to be in a place where I can shine? Am I going to be in a place where my talents are totally, you know, uh, valued? And through those experiences, you get kicked and maybe you get tripped and maybe you get lifted and then maybe you get a fist bump here. And, and through all of that, you get to the other side of it and go, you know what? All things said and done, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing with my life and my talents. And, and it took you 15 years. And heck, maybe it'll take other people longer. Maybe it'll take less than that time. But the point is, enjoy the journey. Enjoy the ebb and flow, the twists and turns, the pushback, the, the support, whatever life throws at you. But if you know that this is what you're good at and what you enjoy, then stay the course. Stay the course and trust it. Trust, trust you, you know? Yeah. Talk about trust. Let's talk, let's talk, let's unpack that little package. What do you say? What do you say to that, to, to that council, Fatima? Oh my God. You know, it's, it's, I, I, I'm, it, it's amazing how one needs to be grateful of the people that you encounter in your life. Right. Um, I was set to study math and that, that was it. That was, that is what I was going to do. But, you know, she was like, you know, why don't you maybe consider something that is creative? You know, yes, math is great. You might end up teaching, you might end up, you know, doing something in finance, but have you heard of computer science? Just try it out. Just listen to me and see how it goes. And, and just really, Taking in the advice and trusting someone, you know, who is wise is something I will forever be grateful, right? It's it's very unfortunate, but, you know, computer science is not really referred as a very creative major. You know, often people think that, okay, you know, you're just kind of sitting in some cubicle doing your coding and analytics, but it's really far from it. And going back to your question earlier, uh, Holly, that I never really answered, right? W what advice would I want to give to audience who are interested in pursuing STEM, and, and I'm going to be focused around computer science here, right? I really would like audience to know that um, computer science is not just about the coding and, and analytics. These are just the tools that, you know, computer scientists use to make things come to life. But we spend a lot of time thinking through the problems, coming up with the solutions, right? That are very unique. There are many ways to solve a given problem, right? And with a degree in a computer science, you know, you basically work on a number of different projects where you have to really stretch your imagination. You have to come up with the designs, explore new ideas, and, and just come up with very creative, innovative solutions that obviously will involve uh, using, you know, you have to use programming and some form of analytics to make things come to life. But I really want audience to keep that in mind that computer science is very creative. And um, when your parents tell you something, do trust them. Listen to someone who has an advice to to really offer. I, I think that's that's really, really incredibly important to keep in mind. So listening to the two of you, it makes it just sound so easy that you could just waltz in from your different parts of the, of the world and come in here and rise through the ranks and be able to trust your destiny. Um, you are actually a part of a very small cohort, statistically speaking. Mm -hmm. um, 
there for over, gosh, 30 years, there were only 10% of all engineering jobs were held by women. Um, right before the pandemic, uh, Athena produced a women in STEM workforce index where we had seen a 5% increase in that percentage to, to, to come out at 16%. So, so Fatima, Sri, you are a, you have defied the odds um, by, by any measure. And so it's, it's particularly um, interesting to see that the two of you stand in the roles as chair and vice chair of the board of uh, Q Women, which is Qualcomm's employee resource group. So you talk about you know, some of the principles and the values that you bring in your leadership um, that, you, that obviously have uh, escorted you in your very successful career journey, which is trust and, and being creative. Um, that, that those have definitely served you well um, so I'd, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, um, uh, about uh, Q Women, the ERG, your uh, vision for this, uh, for this group, and what you hope to do in terms of um, lifting up other women that maybe aren't yet there in terms of exploiting the, uh, the, the create their inner creative juice, uh, being able to latch onto that trust concept that is so important, uh, that inner trust, that inner knowing, and then the environment that you work within. I'd love to learn a little bit, little bit more about that. So maybe I can very briefly touch upon, you know, what what exactly is our mission statement here, and then I'll just kind of hand it off to to Shri, uh, and to take it from there. But um, Qualcomm Women is the largest employee network here at Qualcomm uh, that we have. Um, our chapter here in San Diego has over 3,500 members, and our goal is really to inspire a very diverse organization by providing opportunities that encourage leadership, mentorship, sponsorship, as well as career development for all women here at Qualcomm and in our global communities. We have a number of amazing programs put together uh, and we have over uh, 25 chapters around the globe. So there is total of about I think it's over 10,000 members globally, right? So it's, it's really a huge global footprint. And I'll maybe hand it off to Sri so she can touch upon some of the amazing programs that we have here at Qualcomm. Yes, thank you, Fatima. Mm -hmm. um, we have uh, fantastic programs. One of our biggest signature programs is the mentorship program. We call it Smart Mentorship. And we have, uh, we've been having about uh, anywhere between 80 to uh, 100 pairs of mentors and mentees. It runs as a six month program. And I mean, it is such a wonderful program and everybody is just so happy and eager. We have uh, all genders uh, representing the mentors. And then we, uh, we have mentees, typically women, but we have again, opened it up to um, all genders because as an employee uh, resource, we are expected to serve everybody. And, and so we do. Uh, so that is one of our fantastic programs. And uh, we, we do it right before our annual review so that it can kind of, it folds in. It's very cleverly done. Um, and and I'm, I'm very proud of that program, obviously. And then we have uh, uh, something called Q Peer Groups, which is like a networking program within each organization. And this is such a fantastic idea. Again, it is designed to open up networking within an organization at all levels. And that is so important because so many times we get to just be siloed in our teams. 
working just with just the reach of the team and only that and not really understanding or really taking the time to get to know some of these other teams within the same organization. So this peer group uh, that was uh, invented by Fatima's and my boss, uh, very excited uh, to uh, give her the props for that. Uh, we, we basically took this program and we made it company-wide. We have, what is it, Fatima, about 18 or 19 peer groups now across, the org, uh, across Qualcomm. And it is it is a fantastic program that runs. And and we have several more. We have some new programs coming up. We have we're looking to have a sponsorship program where we really make concerted effort to build leaders that that next level of leadership. And and uh, we have uh, yeah. Uh, so we have several programs that could probably do lean in circles. Uh, we do a lot of outreach. You know. Um, as, as we reach out to you, Holly <laughs> and Athena mm -hmm. and other organizations as well. Um, and male allyship, right? The new program. Male allyship is also a new program, which we are, I mean, it, it takes a village and it is taking, it's, it's shaping up, but it's, it's a, as you are aware, Holly, it's a, it's, it's a very interesting and exciting program that we are really trying to, you know, uh, help take off. Um, so and, and really inspire that next level of uh, leaders. And, and, and lead, by leaders, I mean, you know, people, employees who are uh, interested in, this, uh, in these causes, in this, you know, um, and, and kind of move, you know, move people a little bit to say, you know, this is important. And, you know, men, women, all genders alike uh, to say, you know, let's let's band together. Let's see what we can do different because, gosh, uh, we expect it to be, like you were saying, Holly, 15, 16%. We were expecting to do better. And why is this not working? And where can we help? And and what can we do? Is, is all, are all our efforts panning into exact results? We don't know. We're trying. We do metrics. You know, Fatima says, what cannot... What is it, Fatima? What, what, what gets measured gets done. There you go. What gets measured gets done. So we, we, we do measure and we do try to measure. And, you know, maybe it's helping, maybe it's not. But not doing anything is not an option. Absolutely. And I, I have to, I have to commend both of you. Um, you're, you know, as directors, as executives inside, you know, a global enterprise, a multi-billion dollar company, um, and to, to have risen through the ranks and then to be models. You know, you talk about leadership, it's not a title, right? It's, it's, it's a responsibility to, to lift up others, right? To optimize the most amount of talent within your entire team, your business unit, your, your colleagues, your, your employee population. And the fact that both of you outside of your full time day job, uh, overseeing engineering um, are, are also taking on these posts as the chair and vice chair of this, um, you know, we call them, you know, business, we call them employee resource groups. A lot of people are calling them BRG, um, business resource group, because in effect, they are the voice of the customer. 
And we can look to a lot of instances where women are not actually considered or factored into use cases for a lot of products. I'm not going to mention any of those, but where women aren't actually on the product development team, where they're not actually um, their persona and their use case is not represented when you're developing new products uh, and new services, then you completely wiped out an entire market segment <laughs> when you don't bring in the woman's perspective. So um, I'd love to talk a little bit about um, in terms of the voice of the customer, right? Um, and that element of this professional growth, leadership, development, mentorship, sponsorship. I mean, it also is a powerful vehicle uh, for, for Qualcomm internally. Yeah, no, no question about it. Uh, you know, one, one thing that Sri and I are trying to um, make it happen at Qualcomm Women Employee Network is, is really convert this employee resource group to a business resource group. Um, we actually have come to know, and probably audience might already be familiar with this, something called 4C model, which is um, um, a model that's put together by Dr. Robert Rodriguez. And what it's a model that's actually studied by Harvard Business School. And it stands for commerce, community, culture, and career, right? So each C here as part of that 4C model represents a very different key pillar of an employee resource group. And um, we here at Qualcomm have sort of taken an assessment of our employee network. I mean, and we do a lot. And, and we mentioned to you about all the great programs that we have and you know the membership, the footprint, right? We are a very, very mature network. And one thing that um, when it comes to community, we, we excel in outreach, right? Culture, we definitely do a lot for our employees. And of course, Korea, you know, with, with uh, mentorship, sponsorship, she already, she already touched upon that. We excel in that department too. But one area, uh, as it is with everything, right? There's always room for improvement. How can we, you know, get better? One area that uh, needs attention is commerce, right? How can our employee network really make a business impact for our company? And there are different ways of accomplishing that. Um, an example would be, you know, the consumer insight, right? Or patenting, right? How can we basically increase female representation in patenting space? And we are already looking into, you know, having some program in addition to all the programs that Sri talked about, having a new program that would really um, help us out. Qualcomm has something called a, a Snapdragon. Oh my God, Sri, uh, name escapes me. Insider? Insider, yeah, Snapdragon. Program. Right, so we're trying to see how can we basically tap into this vast network, membership network that we have that will help Qualcomm's business when it comes to the Snapdragon, Snapdragon, sorry, uh, insider program. Um, you know, market penetration, right? Let's let's find ways so that our employee network can really make a difference and and really help companies' uh, business goals and and key initiatives. Um, is there anything else maybe, Sri, that I missed to kind of uh, address here? I mean, we are going to continue along that path and, and reach out and see where it is we can uh, really uh, get that traction for becoming a serious business uh, resource group. Yep. So, yeah. 
Well, it's it's really fascinating because as you mentioned earlier, you've got you know ten thousand members globally. I mean, it's such an incredible resource, and you're already organized. You obviously have uh, strong leadership that is leading it. So why not extract all, all of the the power that's contained within that group? And it's interesting because when you do have that voice, um, whatever the resource group is, I mean, it's it's doubling down on your business on the business opportunities, and that's the whole premise of having the diversity so that yeah. you grow market share, you enhance market penetration, and you have a uh, much more um, market share. And it's interesting because so many people feel like the affinity groups can sometimes be construed as creating all these subdivisions, but in effect, they are the voice of the customer. So it's, it's not really a division um, or an exclusion, but rather a, a focused group, a focus group, right? On how are we treating people internally and how are we serving people that look like us outside of these you know, four walls or uh, these 25 um, uh, stories. But the idea is that again, it's better for business. It's better for communities. And it's better, it's way better for the entire employee population. Yeah, absolutely, Holly. I mean, study after study shows that um, with increased gender diversity, habit margin, as well as the economic profit margin increases. There is no question. There is solid data to back that up. So yeah, of course, we should not be questioning what you know employee networks are designed for and why, why gender diversity really matters. I, um, I, I have to say that listening to the two of you and I, you know, this sounds like a full-time job um, <laughs> and, and the idea that you're doing this on a volunteer basis is, is just speaks volume um, to both of your commitment and your devotion and your leadership. So I just, I want to acknowledge that and I want to um, just really, I respect you on so many levels. Um, I want to just, as we wrap up our podcast, I would love to have um, both of you kind of share um, what your vision is or what you kind of see on the horizon. Um, we know that we're coming at, we've come out of this pandemic. It's been officially, um, you know, the record tracking is, is underway. Talk a little about what you think as we recover from the she session and the recession and all of the, uh, the implications that, that the COVID caused and what you see on the horizon as women want to re-enter uh, the workforce and then contemplating, um, joining the STEM economy. Okay, maybe I'll let Sri go first this time. Go ahead, Sri, and I'll, I'll Yeah, take sure. You know, I have been uh, reading a lot of articles that have been coming my way uh, regarding how some of the, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, I mean, I want to use my words carefully, but DEI is not uh, getting the, the push that it needs. Uh, and, and kind of the opposite might be happening. And I, I am cautiously uh, looking out for that and seeing and trying to understand why, uh, why that is happening and how to sort of figure out a path to protecting. Um, I think that uh, all said and done, you know, uh, no one can control COVID or, you know, uh, or, or, uh, what is happening out there, but what is it that we can do? Uh, how can we help? How can we uh, help to continue to help? I mean, it, it does feel like, you know, taking uh, two steps forward and three steps back sometimes, uh, 
especially right now in this instance, it may not be looking good, but I cannot uh, let go of my hope, my eternal hope that, you know, this is a blip in time and we are going to, we're going to have to just get past this um, and, and focus on continuing and hoping and, and I, I also see good things happening. I also see a lot of awareness and um, I see uh, that, that, that those initiatives taking off uh, and continuing to uh, flourish. Um, I, we work with a lot of mentors. We work with a lot of people within the company and, and our mentors are our champions. They are, they are, they are doing this for a reason. They want to do it and are, are just so happy to do it. So we, it is on us to continue to harness and help everybody across the board. It's not, uh, it's not any us versus them. It is, we're all in this together. And I think I, I believe in that and, and hope to just get past this, to be able to continue the good work that we are doing. And I just absolutely love our new initiatives. I'm so glad to be working with Fatima. She is such a fantastic president and so, so, so uh, on board with, with the progress really. And, and I, I'm very, very hopeful. That is where I stand. Oh, thank you, Shri. Likewise, uh, I, I'm really very grateful for having an opportunity to work side by side with you. And I agree with, you know, everything you noted there. I mean, we are here to make a difference, pay it forward, right? Uh, economic times are tough, but, you know, it's a roller coaster ride. Life comes with ups and downs. We'll get over this. And it's really our goal to continue uh, creating positive and inspiring role models, right? That our youth can really look up to. That is, I think, just so essential, right? So um, we want this new generations of, of uh, folks interested in pursuing STEM, uh, young girls to, to be able to find amazing role models and, and um, just connect with them and, and get the mentorship that they uh, deserve. We wanna see increased female representation in the space that we are. It's, it's just much needed and it definitely uh, benefits everyone, right? Uh, we wanna help the business and uh, we are very, very excited to make a difference. So glad that COVID has passed us tough times for everyone, but that's okay. It's, as I said, it's part of the journey. Well, we'll get over this and um, it will be, will be just fine. I, uh, you know, I love, um, I love um, Sri, what you said, this is, it's about awareness and that's why it's so important to have all the data to show that we're, we're, we made such good progress. And then we had a couple of, you know, um, a couple steps back, but, but through that, throughout the entire journey, let's continue to bring awareness to those statistics. Mm -hmm. Let's bring awareness around the programs and the progress and the impact. And let's, um, and let's bring um, awareness to what's required to continue on that path. You know, the, the two elements of life are awareness and energy. And both of you have that in spades. So I share your optimism. <laughs> I share your excitement and I definitely share your passion. And I want to thank you both 
uh, for coming on our podcast and sharing your story. And, and quite honestly, you know, when we, when we shared this monthly podcast, if, if we just hit a couple of women um, somewhere around the world that watching or listening to this podcast and they hear the stories of you, Sri, and you, Fatima, I mean, what incredible stories in and of itself. But also just, I can hear it in your voice. And it's just, it's this, this notion that um, no is not an answer. Stopping isn't an answer. It just no. isn't. It just isn't. And it, it, it's kind of like what you started off in the very beginning of this interview is for you. It's like, just trust. This is the path I'm on. This is the path that we're all on. And I have, I have trust that this is going to be well worth the journey. So thank you both for coming in and, uh, and sharing so freely and so openly and uh, always a pleasure to see you always. Oh, likewise. Thank you for thank having you. us. Thank you, Holly. Uh, and that, and that wraps up this special edition for our summertime Blueprint for Success. And so look forward to seeing you all next month on our Blueprint for Success.